Good morning, everybody. We're coming to you live from Hotel Sturgis in Sturgis, South Dakota. And we'd like to thank Hotel Sturgis, located here on Main Street in uh, Sturgis, the only hotel in downtown Sturgis, uh, for sponsoring, in part, this on-location uh, Real Presence Live. You can contact them by calling 605-561-0116 or online at thehotelsturgis.com. We are actually broadcasting from their the lobby here where there's a coffee house, um, and we're drinking coffee and having donuts, so stop by and say hi. And thank you for joining us on your radio. Obviously, if you can't, if you're not in Sturgis, it could be challenging for you to join us any other way. So if you're listening on the local radio, on our app, online, or even on Facebook Live, you're seeing our faces on Facebook Live, and we apologize for that. But uh, <laughs> I apologize for my face. And, uh, but uh, we're, we certainly thank you for joining us. Okay. Up next, we have a phone conversation here with Father Matthew Kramer, um, and he is a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, works very closely with the Bishop of Fargo. Good morning, Father. Good morning. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty well. So uh, when was your most recent travel? You must have just got back from somewhere. You seem like you're on the road constantly. Yeah. The last one was personal travel. I went off to Fatima for a little pilgrimage. Ooh, awesome. How was that? It was lovely. Yes. Yes, great. Well, Father, we uh, thank you for being on with us this morning. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about preparing for death uh, so that your family is not caught off guard when you, when you die. Um, and this is... Uh, could be considered kind of a pretty dark conversation, um, but a pretty important conversation, wouldn't you say, Father? I'd say so. So talk to us a little bit about that. So I think, uh, well, maybe just to give a, a personal story, uh, when I was ordained a priest, the first email I got from the diocesan offices was, uh, welcome to the priesthood, uh, please plan your funeral and write your will. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of shocking. Um, you know what? You know what kind of welcome is that? Um, but at any rate, uh, then uh, you know, six years pass, and uh, or no, four, two years pass, and and I find myself the secretary to the bishop. And one of the first tasks that was to be done was to prepare a funeral for a priest who had suddenly passed away. And uh, I saw that uh, that funeral plan was important. Uh, his wishes were expressed, and the bishop followed them. And uh, so I, you know, none of us expects to die. He didn't expect to die. Um, but, you know, especially as a priest, you don't always have someone else to plan for. You don't have a wife and kids. Um, so I think that's the reason why there's, you know, there's a long experience of this of uh, if you pass away, we have no idea what you want. So, um, so for the layperson, I think it's important too, not so much because they have no one to plan for them, but in some cases, I've, I saw this personally when I was in the parish, um, you have a, a devout a mother or father who passes away, maybe even a daily communicant, um, and their children have drifted away from the practice of the faith to the extent that they don't really know what a funeral is or what the wishes of their parents would have been. They never had that conversation. And what ends up happening sometimes is, you know, we have a devout elderly person having a funeral without a mass or just, you know, a service in the, in the funeral home, something that's far less than the, what they would have desired. And so I think it's important that, you know, you don't just write your will, you don't just you know, get your health care director figured out, but that you also have some kind of a plan for your funeral so others would know what you, what you wish. You know, you're talking about this, Father, it gives me a thought, so I'm kind of one of those probably punk people who say, you know what, when I die, just plant me in the ground somewhere because I don't care. <laughs> um, and I might think, you know, as I'm, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking, well, that to me was my way of saying, you know, no problem, just take care of it. But 
now I'm thinking maybe that's really not fair to the people who are around me, my family members who are, you know, they're you know, hopefully in a grieving process. So let's just assume that, that when I die, they grieve. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that if I do share some ideas with them, it will help them in that process um, too. So, so even if we're thinking, you know, it does, I don't really care. Well, uh, maybe you should care a little bit for the sake of your family. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. And I think, you know, I've been asked to present on this before, and um, and uh, a lot of people, you know, they get down to the nitty-gritty, like, what reading should we choose? What song should we choose? Like, you know, don't... <laughs> that can be worked out later. I mean, yes, you know, that that's important to go ahead and plan that, but start with the fundamentals, you know, write down, I want a Catholic funeral, period. <laughs> you know, that's a big issue. Um, I want a funeral mass. I want the whole thing. I want the vigil. I want the mass, and I want the committal. Um, write it down, you know, so, it's, so nobody's guessing about what your wishes were. Um, and then you can put down more specifics than that, um, but I think start with the basics and make sure that that's clear. Father, it's, when I host Real Presence Live, it's, it's amazing how unintentionally themes develop. So we've talked a lot about uh, the souls in purgatory this morning, even the first reading about the mother losing her seven sons. Do you think it's important to, to think more about the reality of death in general? <laughs> do, you, do you think we as Catholics spend enough time thinking about the reality of death? I, I, who knows, as in general, I would say this. Uh, uh, one of the, you know, I have an office job now and, uh, and a driving job. Uh, well, one of the things I miss most from parish work is the weekly funerals. Um, I, I found it very good for the soul to be kneeling in front of a dead body and praying for them. You know, there's a sense of whatever went right during the day, whatever went wrong during the day, at the end of the day, um, someday I have to face death as well as that person, and the only thing I can do is entrust myself to God, just as I'm entrusting them to God. There's nothing more. You know, it's like the great leveler, um, at which point all of our best efforts don't matter anymore. Right. And, and, and uh, I think it's good for the soul. And, and I think, too, uh, for, for us who, who attend the funerals, um, and, and celebrating the life of, of our loved ones. I mean, these are really beautiful things. We, uh, we were traveling on the road in, um, near Rochester last week, and we had lunch with a, a woman who sings for funerals. And she, she considers it a, a ministry to, to sing for funerals. So can you just maybe speak to the beauty of of funerals I, obviously yes we we grieve but but there is a great beauty in these too isn't there absolutely you know there's a christian understanding of death um without jesus death is the end you know it's or it's it's some some enigma that we can't um we can't get beyond whereas with jesus he he really does conquer death if we believe that that he his death on the cross actually changes everything um, then all of a sudden death has a different meaning. So there's a very distinctive nature to a Catholic funeral. Um, it's also marked by baptism. Uh, we first enter into Jesus' death through baptism in Romans chapter 6. Um, St. Paul writes that we were baptized with Christ Jesus into his death so that we can rise with him. And so like the first fruits of it, we already receive in our baptism, and then it comes to its completion at our death. And the funeral liturgy is full of allusions or references to baptism. Um, and, and then there's this basic truth that in baptism, we were marked with Christ. We were given this indelible character on our soul uh, that says for all eternity, I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus. I lay claim to the resurrection of my body. And so, so there's, a great, um, there's a great hope that comes through in the prayers of the funeral. There's a great trust in God, um, great confidence. 
and then the second side of it is, well, I would say there's probably three sides of it, if you will, um, that uh, it's, it's a consolation to the family. It's, uh, the prayers are also to console those who are mourning the loss of a loved one. There's, there's the pain of separation um, that we all experience when we love someone. Um, Sometimes there's the pain of, you know, the person was kind of a pain in the neck too. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I didn't quite reconcile with them. I didn't, um, you know, I, there's, there's all these things, you know, stirred up in me, uh, you know, of memories. And, and so sometimes the funeral provides for that too, this, this, this way of, you know, dealing with the emotions, uh, relating them to God and, um, and praying them through. Um, and then finally uh, is the prayer for the deceased person's souls. And, you know, we've been reading uh, from the book of Maccabees in the daily readings the last uh, week or two. And um, there's th- that passage about uh, praying for the, the souls of those who had died and uh, how it would be pointless to pray for them if we didn't believe in the resurrection. So that kind of clear biblical evidence of, of that Catholic belief in purgatory, the final purification of our souls after we die uh, before we're able to go to heaven. So, Father, you mentioned a little bit about, and I, and I know you have experiences with, uh, with uh, funerals. Um, actually, before we, we do that, I'll just remind everybody, you're listening um, right now to Father Matthew Kramer, um, and he's a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, and we're talking about planning your own funeral. So if you've just joined us, that's the conversation you're joining here. Father, you, you mentioned the, uh, the beauty of the, the Catholic funeral mass. Can you speak a little bit to um, how that is... And, and, and as we, as, as Catholics, plan our funerals, how that is a wonderful opportunity um, to evangelize our families um, and to show them how, how important our faith was to us. I mean, do you, do you, that's a moment of sadness and, and a question people ask, why do we have to have death? And a beautiful opportunity to introduce people to our, our, the hope of the Catholic faith, wouldn't you say? It's absolutely true. I think there's, there's again, multiple elements to it. Um, there's just the beauty of the liturgy, the prayers, you know, just putting someone in the presence of those prayers when they're, you know, at low moments of life, sometimes we're more attentive to, to God. Um, and death can be one of those experience of the death of a loved one. And, and then hearing those prayers and, and uh, experiencing their richness. Um, I think quite frankly, also the, the care and concern of other Catholics, you know, those, you were talking about a, a, a woman who, sees playing music for funerals as a ministry. Well, that's a beautiful ministry. That's a wonderful thing. I know of um, people who will just attend funerals of someone they don't know. They'll just go to the parish to, to pray for the soul of that person. It's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful thing. One, you know, one of the fears some people have is, oh, I just hope there'll be someone at my funeral. <laughs> and, uh, mm. and sometimes there's a lot, and sometimes there isn't. Sometimes it depends on whether you died young or outlived all your friends. You know, it, it really doesn't really say too much about you whether there's a lot of people there. But it is a consolation when someone comes just to pray for you. So th- I think there's that possibility. There's also the reality that um, a funeral is one of those times where someone who's distant from the church ends up back in church. And so that's a point of contact with them. That's a point to reach out to them. But it's also a point, um, you know, I think sometimes we put a little too much emphasis on our own efforts, but it's, it's a point of contact with God for them. And so for us, it's just a matter of being aware. You know, this is a, this is a way that, that the Lord may be working in them in a profound way to bring them back or to bring them to something deeper. And uh, just to reverence that, to be aware of it so that, you know, if something comes from it, we're there for them. Um, so I, I think funerals, there's a, if, if we really, the other thing too, we don't want to cut short what we have. We have a great gift here. Um, 
It's like you're down there having great coffee in Sturgis. I wish I had that. Um, you know, you, you're, you're telling about what a great place you're at. You, you want to share it. It's, it's something beautiful. And so same thing with our, our funeral liturgy. Yeah. Father, we just have a couple minutes left here. Uh, I want to bring it to a practical level. You talked about uh, things that we should be sure that, that go into our planning. You said hymns, stuff like that, that can be figured out later. What things do we for sure or, or should be looking into now when it comes to planning the funeral? Sure. In addition to the liturgy, um, I would put something in there about your desires regarding cremation. Uh, it's become very popular here in the United States. Um, I think sometimes it's done just on account of it's more affordable, at least so I'm told. Um, but I think to some extent it's a fad as well. I think uh, it's just something, it's the new thing to do to get cremated. Um, I think part of it, you know, this is my own personal hypothesis, could be just a little bit of a squeamishness with death um, and uncomfortable with a dead body. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know how cremating helps that, but, but I, I wonder if that's not a little bit of the case. Um, so I would say this, the church... Um, the Christian tradition is to have whole body burial. It, it was something that originally um, distinguished them from pagans. The pagans would cremate their bodies. Christians, it was a symbol of belief in the resurrection. So, so the church, knowing you know that in some places it's very difficult to do a whole body burial and knowing that God can put together anybody, um, does permit cremation, provided it's not for anti-Christian motives, such as you know. A, a, a disbelief in the resurrection of the body. Um, so it is permitted, but it's not really the preference. So I think that's something to, to write in there. Um, I would say it's a cultural preference right now, but it's not a Christian preference. That doesn't mean you can't do it if you have good reason, though. And then the second thing would be make sure that, you know, you specify, I don't want to be put on the mantle shelf. I want to get buried, you know, if I'm cremated. I, yeah. want, I don't yeah. want to be put in jewelry. I don't want to spread over a field. Those are all things that are very strange and unchristian. So, put it, you know, I want to go into the ground Father, thanks so much for being on the air with us this morning. And, uh, you know, uh, I, if, they, if, if people have questions, they can obviously, they can go to their parish priest or, or their diocese to find things on, on directives, correct? Correct, yep. Okay, excellent. I don't think they'll find a whole lot of directives. I'll try and put something up on the Fargo Diocese web, uh, webpage, under, on the liturgy page. Okay, sounds, sounds great. Well, thanks again, Father. Up next, we're going to sit down with Ramona Saber. She's here in studio and, and uh, waiting to put on a headset. We have a beautiful story behind a chapel here in Sturgis, and we'll talk about what makes that special later in the show. Bishop John Quinn will join us to talk about praying for the dead. Uh, we'll we'll talk, get in a little more into uh, some practicals. How should we pray? All this and much more still to come as we continue live from the Hotel Sturgis. It's Real Presence Live on the road. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 